How can I tell if I live in a simulation? If I stick my hand in a plug socket, will I get powers like Pikachu? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal tailcaser claim and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you're joined by myself, Mr. Kit Grimalvena, this guy across from me, Roy Pars. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day outside. The sun is shining and uh, I'm ready to run away from all of that. Oh yeah. Close Hide. the curtains. Close the curtains. Shades on. Nail up the, the doors and uh, and just get, get stuck into the paranormal. So we're just going to dive right into today's investigation. Gotta thank those who have requested this one. Uh, through our email, this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. So thank you right off the bat to Trevor Swartzlander, Luke Hauser, Ryan Paul, Imogen Redwood, Travis Spicer, and Eden Rockclaire. Uh, there's probably more. This is a heavily requested case. Woo! And we are going to dive right in. Um, don't want to dilly dally too much, sure. but uh, I'm just excited because uh, I bought a ton of cryptocurrency right before we did the podcast. Interesting. Um, Big crypto guy. Life savings really pumped into it. Um, so I'm excited. I'll, I'll like I'll I'll just I'll keep updating you guys on um, on how things are going. Yeah, that uh, is really exciting. Uh, I mean, I guess just as a primer, uh, any coin in particular um, in the crypto world. Well, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's done. It's over. Uh, you sure? It seems like it's by far the most popular and stable. It's the longest running. Chainlink, very successful coin. Okay. Not interested. No. Doge, no, thank you. Uh, Sure, bit of a joke. So I'm going for the hottest crypto coin right now, straight from the Philippines. Beautiful coin. It's called, uh, the abbreviation is... um, Did you invent it? Is this written by the coin? Beautiful coin out of the Philippines? It's the SCAM coin. So we'll keep an eye on the market as the... SCAM, right. Do you know what that stands for at all? Well, every coin has an abbreviation. So Bitcoin is like BTC. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and scam coin's abbreviation is SCAM. Okay, so it is scam coin. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like it's to ward off people. So that Yeah, so, <laughs> probably. So that that uh you know how like a a lizard so it doesn't get eaten by a bird will have like red ears mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Scam coin to to ward off the hawks, mm-hmm. you know, is it's is that's that's why it has that name. Okay, but the So pro- only the true investors, the, the real ones is, who see its potential to go to the moon. <laughs> the problem is Poisonous spiders have stripes because they are poisonous. Is that right? Huh. So sometimes the the warning is a real oh, warning. Right. Is it's not a it's not <laughs> it's not just, just to keep off the hawks. No. Okay. Not always. Because because I only had that one metaphor, and if you turn that on its head, then I really don't know what I have left, so, except for fifteen thousand pounds worth of scam. Yeah, coin. I was gonna say slightly galling that you have invested in scam coin. Did you at least invest in uh, spread out the spread out the risk, hedge your bets, and any others? All in, in it to cool. win it. It is down just as mm-hmm. of this minute, but uh, the, it's a volatile market, right? <laughs> so, so well, we'll just uh, I'll just keep you guys. Posted. All crypto is a is is a volatile market, but I, I am seeing in the news here that um, Elon Musk has gone on, he's gone on Twitter and said that this is a scam, avoid at all costs. That that would affect the price. God, he sounds just like the FDA. They're all the same. All right, don't buy scam coins. Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad if they think this is. They're getting involved. They're giving financial advice. <laughs> this this big this crypto coin is inedible. <laughs> Don't try and eat the coin. We got reports that 
<laughs> at Rory Haspa has posted a video trying to eat a coin <laughs> to prove that it was worth a damn for something. <laughs> to prove it wasn't, quote unquote, a poisonous spider. <laughs> we don't think he knows what crypto is. Okay, I don't think we can still claim to be diving right into today's investigation, but let's just go for it. Let's go back to 2nd July, 1938. The Bilehearts family were on vacation at Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Nice. Ever been to Colorado, bud? I've always wanted to go because I love Coors and weed is legal there, I think. So uh, it seems like a like a party, party Such town. Such shallow reasons. <laughs> Especially because weed is only been legal there for like a year. So before that, you wanted to go that, purely for the Coors, the Blue Mountain. That backwater butt f- nowhere state? No. But once they legalized the hash and had the beers as cold as the Rocky Mountains, yeah, then I wanted to go. Uh, I joke. I I have actually always wanted to go to Colorado. It just seems like one of those awesome states. I feel like I know some people that live there um, and always looks like they're having a blast. You get off the plane (laughs) at Denver, you're like, the f***ing mountains aren't even blue. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've always wanted to go. um, Absolutely. Seems like there's a ton of interesting places and people. Stick it on the This Paranormal Life tour list location. Let's go. Father William and anonymous mother, because women didn't get name privileges back in the 30s, apparently, uh, on the record. Uh, But Father William and anonymous mother were hiking with their 11 children. 11 children, by the way. What year is this? 1938. Okay, that's... (laughs) I guess that's normal. I mean, can you imagine trying to hike with a troop like that? All right, try and keep up. Ken, Kelly, Criley, Connie, Kaylee, Kylie, Kenny, Kyle, Killian, Caden... Wait, we're missing one. Where the f*** is Bob? (laughs) No, the youngest was uh, Albert at only four years old, uh, which is very young to be hiking. They had reached a beautiful creek, but he was still too little to swim, so he stayed safely on the riverbank while some of the others splashed around. As the last few kids clambered back onto dry land, Mrs. Bilehart's heart sank when she suddenly realized that Albert wasn't there. She'd only looked away for a few moments. Albert! 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 The whole family started shouting at the top of their lungs. Nobody had seen him in the river or heard a splash. Surely he couldn't be far away. But he was nowhere to be found. This is when panic really started to set in. William Bilehearts called the ranger station, who sent out a team as quickly as they could. Oh, yeah, here we go. Your boy's missing? Yes, we were down by the river when... The river? Sounds like he's in the water. All right, let's get to it, men. William was taken aback by how quickly the ranger came to a conclusion. I think if he'd fallen in, we'd have heard it. What if he's up in the woods? I appreciate you're in a very difficult situation, sir. We're going to check the river first. Damn the whole thing. Stop it flowing. If he's been washed downstream, this is how we'll find him. Meanwhile, we'll call in some bloodhounds to search the wider area. The park staff got to work, blocking off the river with rocks, logs, and sandbags. But thankfully, beavers had already done most of the hard work for them. Nice. Five beaver dams spread the width of the stream the family had been swimming in. The rangers focused their energy at the farthest point where the tributary met the larger and faster-flowing Fall River. Just to be sure, they put wire mesh across every connection to the strong current. They had every confidence that Alfred would be saved by building on the Hero Beavers dam system, but the team came up empty-handed. The rangers were starting to fear the worst and decided dredging the riverbed might be a good course of action. Oh boy, that's not good. Just as the men were losing hope, the message came in over the rangers' radio. 
The dogs have found something. Bloodhounds had been bussed in from Colorado State Prison and were on the mission. They were taken to the spot Albert was last seen and started pulling their handlers uphill into the forest. The hounds thundered up a narrow path through the trees. Within a few minutes, they reached a fork in the path where the chase came to a sudden stop. The dogs were sniffing in circles as if they'd lost the scent. The trail had gone cold. Even more strangely, they ended up way ahead of the family when Alfred was last seen slightly behind them. The rangers ordered more dogs to be brought, but they too followed the exact same route. So this is very strange. The dogs got off to a flying start going deep into the forest and then just poof, the trail evaporated. Wow, that is strange, isn't it? Especially ahead of the family as well. That's really weird. Especially if they're going uphill because if the initial thought was that he went into the river, Mm -hmm. everything leads downhill. Either he fell behind and he was lost or he fell into the river and presumably was washed downstream. Mm -hmm. So for the dogs to go up... To go north? That's really bizarre. Yes, yeah, playing into what William had suspected at first, that he might have noticed if William had fallen in the river. How much crack are these prison dogs smoking? Are they clean? Are they reformed? <laughs> we think the boy went up in the sky. <laughs> All right, put him back in prison. No, no, I've got better ideas. I've got different ideas. If you just take off, if you just, geez, this collar's really <laughs> biting me. If you could just let me free for a second, I really think I could get the scent of the kid. <laughs> I, I can smell a little Alfred now. His name was Albert. Albert. Oh, Albert. yeah, Albert, Albert sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, William Eels and his wife were out on a romantic getaway in the very same national park. They'd had a lovely time hiking in the wilderness. But when they got back to their car, they'd heard the news about the missing child. They looked at each other and their blood ran cold. Cold because they'd witnessed something that afternoon that didn't seem significant until this very moment. They'd been nearing the top of the Old Fall River Trail and stopped for a break to take in the mountain scenery. Looking up at the majestic Mount Chapin, they spotted a small boy perched on the rocks on a slope called the Devil's Nest. Uh Uh-oh. As they watched, the boy was pulled backwards suddenly by an unseen entity. What the f***? I like the way they only now was that a weird at the time. (laughs) We saw a child snatched from the devil's dick. I saw a fucking demogorgon lurk out of a cave and snatch a boy. That's all right. He's a forest boy. No one's worried about him. Uh, that is bizarre. I love this that only now when they found out, they go to the ranger. And they're like, you know what? It's so odd because earlier we saw a boy grabbed into the shadow realm. Yeah, now that you mention it. They put cuffs on them. That's fair. That's fair. We kept that to ourselves for quite a while. Holy shit. When they got home, they saw Alfred's photo in the newspaper. They were certain the little boy they'd seen was the child in the picture. They reported their sighting, but the park authorities weren't convinced by their story. The devil's nest, you say? (laughs) Totally impossible. There's no way a four-year-old could climb up there. It would take us rangers two days alone to get up there with no kit. I'm telling you, we saw the boy, and he wasn't alone. Something yanked him out of sight. Please, you have to believe us. Seeing how serious the couple were, the rangers launched into action and sent a 150-man team to the Devil's Nest. Sadly, they didn't find a thing. Why is it all of these, like, cliffs and ledges are always (laughs) called, like, the Devil's Nest, Satan's foreskin, the Death Maker? Yeah, it's it's always... (laughs) 
fucking toilet. There actually is uh, where we're from uh, in the north coast of Northern Ireland in Port Rush. There's a little cave called I think the Devil's Bathtub or something or Devil's Washtub. Really? Yeah. It's just a stormy little bit of sea where the waves hit these caves and it looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's very true. What do we have in, in Port Stewart? The blowhole? That's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Down by the harbor? Gun rock. Gun, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever's naming these things is bad or badass. Why would... The, there's a cliff called the gun rock. Yeah. Why would it be called that? It's not shaped like a gun. It doesn't even resemble a gun. It's bizarre. Like, I know it makes sense in, like, climbing, as we were talking about, in, like, or people who free solo. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, well, 12 people have died there, so yeah. that bit is called the Widowmaker. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they're bringing the devil involved. Like, I don't think he was involved in the formation of this mountain. I mean, yeah, I do love that, though. Like, I think we, before, we've had episodes around, like, uh, Death Valley. And some right. of those places are fantastic, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Furnace Creek. Yeah, dead man's valley all that kind of stuff <laughs> at a certain point you were warned you know i'm very proud to be able to know when something is dangerous all right as we learned earlier when i invested all my money into scam coin you know i know a warning sign when i see one and i know and that's why i would never put a dime on doge <laughs> yeah which is up by the way but it's about to go down on account of being a scam <laughs> so you know what a scam is <laughs> Um, just a little update. Scamcoin is down. The portfolio has taken quite a hit in oh, the last what kind um, of percentage points 10 to 15 talking? minutes. I don't want to get too, I don't want to throw too many numbers at you because mm -hmm. it's like, it's a bit confusing. Just a ballpark. A hundred percent down in the last um, 10 You've minutes. You've lost 15,000 pounds in 15 minutes? Yeah. Just got to be a record. Uh, a personal record. Of some kind. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not quite out of cash though. Cause just while you were running through those numbers, I pumped a quick 15 back in there. You know, they say buy the dip. So we'll see how that. I don't know if it's kind of a dip, out. man. It seems like it's failed altogether. Yeah. It's still going. I'm just seeing, I'm just loading up my news app here. It looks like China, US, Saudi Arabia have all banned it actually. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a news report. The, um, co-creator of the coin just flew to Cuba this afternoon. So you think He's he, doing pretty well for himself. Do you think he could like. afford that flight without scam coin about to hit the goddamn roof? I think he might have spent some of that 15 large that you just put into it on that flight. <laughs> the story of Albert is a horrible story. One of those once-in-a-generation type tragedies. The awful thing is, though, it's not a unique case. There's a scary number of mysterious disappearances in U.S. national parks that nobody can quite explain. Wow. At least 1,600 people have vanished without a trace from U.S. public lands. The number has got so high that people are starting to ask questions. Is there something odd, mysterious, or paranormal going on here? You know, that's really interesting because that first family, you know, you could chalk up the disappearance to the fact that their family is bigger than the Fellowship of the Ring. So... If you take that many hikes with a four-year-old, one of them is probably bound to go missing. Yeah. But if we're talking about this many disappearances, or maybe it's just a little group of people, maybe a family of two or three, that starts to become a lot stranger. You're so right. I mean, even the Fellowship of the Ring, I mean, even in this mythical universe, in a band of 11 ragtag rapscallions, you've got a merrier Pippin who's not really cut out for the, the quest to Mordor. Oh, uh, yeah. The hobbits go missing, by the way. I think it's the entirety of the second book. They're taken to Isengard. There's a whole song about <laughs> it. So for you to draw on that as a comparison is dangerous to think that 
Well, the fellowship was pretty big and they were all right. So yeah, we'll be okay <laughs> no, in the wilderness. Were, they weren't all right. <laughs> Boromir didn't get out of the forest. He, he died in the forest. <laughs> also, the hobbits are the size of children, but they are men. They are little men. <laughs> You're four-year-old hobbit boy is not going to be able to survive in the if wilderness. If Gimli was four, he wouldn't have made it out of the mines of Moria. Okay? No matter how much axe he could swing. I wish Lord of the Rings was something that you could... That, that a love for Lord of the Rings was something you could more easily incorporate in your everyday life. You could, like, by wearing, like, a linen cape. Yeah, yeah, around. like, bring the style and in or something. wear a little leaf brooch smoke a, a big pipe brooch or something like that yeah it's eat, all a eat bit lambus weird. bread for lunch <laughs> i mean there's probably people that do this i think i've seen a lot of people in shoreditch that look like this <laughs> uh who knows maybe i should get into it you know i've i've noticed a few people i don't know if this is a locked on thing uh i live in east london here we both do and i've seen a few people recently dressed as like victorian dandies what i'm talking like full gentleman outfits it must be a Peaky Blinders thing, right? Wearing like little, the little top hats and pocket watch, suits, yeah, canes, that kind of thing. It's got to be Peaky Blinders, maybe. People thinking they're tough as nails. I want. I, I, did, I did wonder: uh, is it is it part of the kind of you know that kind of Paris syndrome? You know, people from other countries move because obviously London is you know most of the people who live here aren't like us aren't from London. Yeah, uh, so many people move here and have preconceptions. I was wondering: is that part of it that people? And the other side of the world think that we all dress like that. Right, right. So they come, come over and, and dress with like With a it. pocket watch. They're, <laughs> they're shining their pocket watch on the plane over. <laughs> hey, I love it. Wear what makes you happy. Go for it. I, I snapped his cane. I told him to grow up. <laughs> You're out of time. You smashed his pocket watch on the pavement in front of a Nando's. <laughs> Real London culture is riding a lime scooter to Nando's. <laughs> And getting mugged on the way home <laughs> to your one-bedroom apartment. And then mugging someone else to get your own back. Why <laughs> getting mugged on the way home by a f***ing Peaky Blinder? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, what is happening? So you might think we're jumping to conclusions here by extrapolating that some of these disappearances could be mysterious. But if you aren't convinced, then here's just a handful of disappearances from this very same park in the Smoky Mountains. October 1976, 16-year-old Trenny Gibson was on a high school field trip with 40 other students when she was reported missing and was never found after a months-long search. 40? Yep. My God, I shouldn't have brought up the numbers thing so early on. June 1969, 6-year-old Dennis Martin was hiding with his friends and brothers, ready to jump out at their parents coming up at the trail. But after the boys emerged, they realized Dennis wasn't there anymore and was never seen again. Wow, a lot of kids, a lot of children. That's really grim. That one's very bizarre because it's like three kids or whatever hiding behind a rock ready to jump out. How how does one go missing that fast? Yeah, presumably you're all together. It's all part of the plan is that you need to be at the same point at the same time. And one of you turn around and Dennis is gone. (laughs) There's just a black void where he used to be. A smoke monster like in Lost. September 1981, experienced hiker, 58-year-old Thelma Pauline Melton was out with friends. She was a little ahead of the group when they watched her disappear over the hill that they were halfway up. When they reached the top of the hill, she was gone. That's what we want. It's not what we want. No, No. that was poorly (laughs) worded. But what we needed for the case, which is an experienced 58-year-old hiker disappearing. Not a child just getting lost And on a trail, by the way, just reached the top of this hill. That's so scary. And never seen again. 
Oh my God, could you imagine? What is happening here? So there's a guy called David Politis, who's kind of responsible for bringing this matter to the public attention. What the you... rudest man of all time, David Politis. <laughs> Far from being the politest, he's the rudest. <laughs> That's his brother, the rudest. David Politis and David the rudest. Mortal enemies. The Wario to his Mario. <laughs> He's kind of responsible for bringing this matter to public attention. So he's a former police officer turned paranormal investigator. A lot of his early work was about Bigfoot, but soon, and that's presumably around the time he got kicked out of the force. And that's when he started looking into cold cases in remote areas. He noticed alarming similarities in cases that, to his mind, appeared to defy logic. He started compiling data and making his own investigations. He phoned up the National Parks Office with freedom of information requests, looking for comprehensive lists of people that have disappeared on public land. Uh, we can get you the list, no problem. Uh, we just need to know what you want it for. Trying to sound casual, David replied, Just for research. Right, well, I'm sorry to tell you that no such list exists. Goodbye now. Pretty weird. But David didn't give up so easily. He tried to use his status as a published author to get the information, but the National Park Service basically said he was kind of too small fry for them to disclose anything to. And he's just too goddamn polite to, to demand it. Um, I was thinking if it wasn't too much trouble, if you would consider... <laughs> Gosh darn it, I freaking hate when they hang up on me like that. He also says that when he asked, hypothetically, if he... Jesus, if he just had to pay them... What would the number be? How much do I have to pay you to cough up the full list of missing persons? He says they told him the number was $1.4 million. So there is a list. <laughs> First, there wasn't a list. Oh, you got cash? You should have said $1.4 million, my friend. I like the ballsiness of like, imagine just calling up the, the Pentagon <laughs> and being like, how much it would it cost for all the alien shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, are you, like, how much you got? Yeah. Are you going to get a response? It's, it seems wild that he did get a number, a figure back. I mean, is it such a, is it such a crazy thing to do? At the end of the day, this is a little bit like asking the guy on the end of the McDonald's drive through for 50 Szechuan sauces. The guy at the drive through doesn't care. If you ask him nicely, he's not invested in the company. He might give you what you want. Yeah. And if you call out the Pentagon, some low-level employee has access to the files and now some, suddenly someone's offering them more money than they will ever make in a year Yeah, for that file and they might not even get caught. You know, that could be pretty tempting. That's true. You just got to get the right person at the right time. I remember when I was a kid and I, <laughs> I had... realize we're talking about bribery, which is illegal, <laughs> but uh, sorry. I remember when I was a kid and I had my mind blown when I believe it was Nintendo releasing a line of Super Smash Bros themed toys in their Happy Meals mm -hmm. over in America. That's nuts. And of course, you know, you never get that over in the UK. I wanted a Link more than anyone. Uh, and I got my Happy Meal and uh, I got a Kirby. We all got Kirby's. Not what I wanted at all. And I just kind of sat there and thought, well, that was it. I've missed out. And then uh, my dad was like, well, why don't you go ask the guy at, at the register mm -hmm. if you can swap out the toy? And I was like... <laughs> As a millennial, you thought, oh, what am I going to do? Just talk to someone. It blew my mind. I was like, I can't... It's McDonald's. They don't make... They make it's the rules. It's a faceless corporation. Yeah, I can't just... They can't just bend the rules. And I went up and the guy was like, yeah, I can see if we have any uh, links back there. and We'll swap it out for you. And that just 
changed my life. Granted, he didn't have any links. I was stuck <laughs> with the curvy. And I also learned another lesson that day that the world ain't going to give you shit. All right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, let me just... Uh, See, in the magic f***ing factory of Smash Bros. characters, he looks down. He's got seas of links. Seas of limited edition ones you didn't even know existed. There's it's a like, golden one in there. Sorry, bud. All curvy. I f*** off. Let me just, uh, let me just call up uh, Ronald and ask real quick. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Pushing on his own hand. Uh, hi, Mr. McDonald. There's a f- child here who's not happy with this widow toy. You know you're I'm too like- old to be ordering a Happy Meal anyway. <laughs> You're lucky you got a Kirby. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave with a Kirby. He's wiping his crocodile tears with the link. I leave. The next person comes up behind me and they're like, "Uh, yeah, I need to complain. I found a rat tail in my Big Mac. Oh, oh, you found a little rat tail in your Big Mac? Why don't I call Ronald right now and complain? (laughs) Ronald walks in from the back of the restaurant. What I hear out there? Oh, nothing. Oh my God, sir. Salutes him. <laughs> I had no idea you were coming today. I like to think Ronald is like Darth Vader. Yeah. He can like force yeah. choke employees. He also sounds like Darth Vader. Yeah. What was that? Nothing, nothing, my liege. I've inhaled so much chip grease over the years. <laughs> my vocal cords are shredded. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So if this account is to be believed that they're quoting $1.4 million for that list, then something sketchy is going on in the upper ranks of, of this system. So he kept working undeterred. He focused on the truly mysterious cases where there was zero evidence, zero indication of file play or animal attacks. He found that there were some intriguing similarities between these vanishings, such as Dogs will have difficulty picking up an initial scent, let alone following a track. Like in our first story, if any evidence is found of the vanished person, more often than not, it's far away from where they were last seen, even in places that were considered inaccessible before. Cases where the official conclusion has been recorded as an animal attack routinely show no evidence of a predator at the scene. Incidents appear to happen in close clusters rather than randomly spread around. People most often vanish when they're close to a boulder or near granite. And physicists are at high risk of disappearing. Whoa. They open some kind of portal. So this guy seems... Four-year-old Albert was actually doing his PhD at the time. (laughs) Albert Einstein himself. (laughs) I said this was in 1938, right? He glitched back a few years later, invented (laughs) E equals MC squared, and then glitched out of existence shortly after. Uh, That's good. That's good stuff. Um, I mean, this is the problem with disappearance in the wilderness. There are a lot of explanations. 
You know, the wild is a dangerous place. Even mm -hmm. national parks between wild animals, dangerous cliff sides, mm -hmm. um, people just getting lost in the middle of nowhere. Even if it is a paranormal reason behind their disappearances, there's a lot of explanations to be thrown out there as to why these people disappeared. Sure, a lot of plausible deniability here. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. So this guy, uh, <laughs> Politis, seems to have a lot of ideas. So, you know, I was pretty curious to see what his paranormal theories were. The thing is, he refuses to talk about what he thinks is happening, which is really a plot twist I wasn't expecting, that even the paranormal investigator on the job is trying to cover up the explanations. Wow. So with the main investigator on this case refusing to say what's going on here and call it a double yes or double no, it looks like, as always, it's up to us to find out the truth. So Rory, I'm going to give you some paranormal possibilities and you're going to decide which of these is most likely. Some think that the eerie, almost supernatural speed at which these people go missing is proof of only one thing, Wendigo or Skinwalkers. Of course, of course. We've talked about these in other episodes, but they're ancient paranormal creatures from Native American folklore, but are still believed in by many people across America. It would definitely explain why these disappearances happen on national parks and reservations, because these are kind of ancient stomping grounds of Wendigo or skinwalkers. That's a, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it still seems strange that if that were the case, that there would be so little evidence. Um, it seems like some of these people are just disappearing off the face of the earth. And anytime we talked about a Wendigo attack, it's mm -hmm. a pretty visceral, right. violent ordeal. Experience. Yeah. You know, you'd find True. a lot of remains, a lot of evidence. I think if that were the case, people shredded into red piles of meat. It's true. Unless the Wendigo possesses them. That's a good point. I don't know how that works necessarily. So it could be, it could be, it could be viable. Imagine that. They possess them and then they just float off like some kind of reanimated puppet. Ugh. Okay. Paranormal explanation number two, Bigfoot. Maybe the reason we're not seeing a trace or even a struggle of any kind of predator animal is because this is some kind of powerful, intelligent cryptid uh, attacking people in the parks and knows not to get caught or give away where it is. Yeah, maybe I've just been in this profession for too long, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm so I just I'm always just so against using Bigfoot as a scapegoat for <laughs> for paranormal events. Um, you know, there's probably more creative reasons behind this. I feel kind of weird as being like. Shrug? I don't know. Bigfoot? <laughs> well, I mean, it is his stomping ground, isn't it? That's true. You're saying they got stomped into the ground? <laughs> like a f***ing Goomba? All right. I'm sensing that neither of these so far are speaking to you, Rory. Not, uh, yet, not yet, not yet. But I've saved the best explanation until last. Here we go. Here we go. People around the world have been taking an interest in solving the case of these mysterious disappearances, and one amateur investigator noticed something neat. A shred of evidence. Just two images that they posted online side by side, which tell a terrifying possible story. Oh, you, I'm already on board. Here we have a map of various disappearances in the USA marked by pins. And underneath it, we have the same map of the USA, but instead showing all the different cave systems in the world. F yes. Notice any similarities, my friend? Here we go, folks. Which one is which? Because it printed in black and white. And I think there was supposed to be some color information to help me decipher which is which. I think it's the top, the is, top the is the disappearances. Disappearances. Yeah. And the bottom is the caves. Yep. All right. There is a, there's a huge link here, folks. All right. Yeah, I'm being sh shown the color version. Yeah, there's a huge link. The height of the disappearances are happening around the height of the cave appearances. It is, it is quite 
stark if you see these images. I mean, it's uh, we've got basically a huge stretch going up from um, on the east coast, stretching from kind of New York into Canada direction, right down into um, the center of the country. And then patches, you know, around, say, Texas, and then a whole ton up to kind of California and the Pacific Northwest. So I don't want to jump too far ahead of your own conclusions, but what I'm assuming you're saying here is that those caves obviously lead down into the hollow earth and the ant people are coming out and grabbing human bodies and dragging them into the caves. And that's why it looked like the child was grabbed by a demon up on the devil's peen or whatever that was called. I'm the last person who wants to start talking about a hollow earth. Oh my God, I was right. But we have talked in the podcast a bunch of times about people living inside the earth. Uh, but recently on an episode about Mount Shasta in America, where there was supposedly a race of Lemurian superhumans living inside the earth for the last 5 million years. Uh, they once lived on an ancient continent, a bit like Atlantis, that sunk. And so they've had to move inside the earth. And it does make us think back to a little hint of what Dave Politis said. People go missing near boulders. Hmm. I came across one story on Reddit about a couple who had an odd experience with boulders in Arizona. I was standing in front of a wall of granite boulders of all sizes and shapes when all of a sudden I heard the most beautiful singing I've ever heard. There were no words, but the joyous music just kept on. I stood there, rooted to the spot, entranced hardly daring, literally, to believe my ears. The music came from the boulders. I looked around, and as I did, it was as if I became a truly genuine part of the universe. I had the wonderful feeling of sharing or being shared with. It was as if the sky above the clouds, the breeze, the bushes, and everything realized I could participate. I somehow felt as if I really belonged. Wow, this is a great boulder. So someone is having some kind of mystical experience just by hiking near to these rocks in Arizona. Hopefully this wasn't just a Wall Street businessman going for his first ever hike. I could smell the sand, <laughs> the nature, the birds tweeting. I started tweeting back. Tweet, 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 tweet. So what's going on here? Are these boulders luring people to their death? Or is something living amongst the stones trying to lure passersby into, I don't know, Sounds like another plane of existence. Yeah, that's really creepy, isn't it? It's almost like a siren, you know? You hear exactly. that sweet song calling you in into the into the caves, into the darkness, and then you're just gone. It would be really interesting to know if that is a meme of, uh, like, desert culture. People who've, you know, lived in the desert for generations, you know, because, you know, we're from, obviously, island nations, and in this part of the world, you know, yes, sirens and things are very famous. Um, but I wonder if there's anything like that. Any kind of, any kind of call to the wild that would yeah. do. Yeah, it reminds me very uh, creepily. I was just going to work it out because I can never remember the name of it. Oh, it reminds me of um, the Enigma of Amigara Fault, that Junji Itu. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Manga where everyone has a hole that's shaped like themselves in the rocks. Yeah. And they, oh, yeah. Oh, no. And they're just drawn to it. And they, once oh, you see no. your hole, you have to go into your hole. Like, it's it's really kind of creepy parallels. Um, oh, my God. I didn't even, th I've, I've read that and I haven't even, didn't even think of that. We've talked about this uh, manga on the show before. If you like really creepy things, if you like the darker side of the paranormal and mysterious, 
you'll get a real kick out of this manga if you haven't seen it already. Um, but if you are easily disturbed, I wouldn't read it because it's a little bit haunting. It kind of sticks with you for life. It does, more or less. You yeah. don't really forget it. I mean, the the artist behind it, Junji Ito, is is incredible. It, like the way he depicts really weird, creepy, horrible things is just like, whoa! I don't know how you capture that much fear in a in a in with a drawing. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing, but it's very spooky. It's very visual so you have been warned. Drawing. But I do know also, I, I did joke about it earlier. I think we talked about it on one podcast before. I think it's in New Mexico where there's like a cave system, a whole bunch of cave systems. And I don't know, there's some legends that there are like eight ant aliens that live inside the caves. Sure. <laughs> I'm not, I feel like I'm not even giving this 100% myself. <laughs> um, uh, it's very fucking... late in the podcast to start dropping <laughs> ant aliens, isn't it? I don't know the ant alien name. I don't know. They're whatever. They're like <laughs> the old human, old alien, ancient aliens mm. that you know have uh, when humans kind of popped up. They went into the caves and they've been there for like a million years. Yada 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 yada. Who knows? Maybe there are some creatures living in these caves that are coming out and ganking people. <laughs> it's so possible. So possible. It hurts. You know, some of these stories have led some to believe that we're looking at something like portals, maybe even. Maybe this isn't Wendigo or Skinwalkers, but some kind of, you know, like we discussed on a, on a previous podcast, like that movie uh, Palm Springs, some kind of bizarre, naturally occurring portal out in the desert that people are falling into. Right, yeah. They might not even be permanent portals. Maybe these are time loops that open up here or there. It seems far-fetched, of course, but it would explain why sniffer dogs that have been trained for years, these scent trails just drop off out of nowhere. It's a good point, yeah. Granted, the only way we would know if this is true is if someone came back and survived one of these portals. Thankfully, we might just have one story like that. What? There is a boy, a three-year-old boy, that went missing on a fly fishing trip. He was found five hours later, thankfully. And when questioned about where he'd been... He said he followed an old lady to the foot of the nearby mountain. Oh, God, no. Suddenly, he was in a dusty armory full of robots and futuristic weaponry. (laughs) What? This is where it gets wild. The old woman's head started to glow, and she demanded that the boy poop on a piece of paper for her. (laughs) He refused, and she sent him away, telling him to wait in the trees until he was found again. They never managed to ascertain exactly where the child had been for five hours, and they only had his story to go on. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> That's, isn't that so unsatisfying if you're that parent and you're freaking the f*** out for five hours? You think your yeah. little boy is gone forever. Comes back and he's like, <laughs> I walked to the mountain with the old lady and then she made me go poopy and I saw a laser gun. <sighs> what? Yeah, Yeah. I didn't want to go poopy, so I came back to you guys. Cool. So at what point were you with this old lady for five hours? What about this makes any sense? Yeah. Uh, Look, I have a a nephew who is turning two years old, and uh, I don't... don't, He's more than a year away from giving (laughs) paranormal testimony. That's what I'm hearing. Um, You know, I I don't... I I love the kid. He's great. Uh, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Um, that's a bad analogy because I could probably throw him pretty far. You, I mean, you give you give us a story in a previous e- podcast episode of the time you on a family uh, home video, <laughs> along with your brother, 
cross-corroborated that uh, I think a crocodile spoke to spoke you. Spoke to both of us, yeah. And we didn't let it go. The yeah. whole the whole family trip was ruined. Um, all the tapes are unwatchable because it's just us trying to convince our parents desperately. You should see our eyes as we say it, and, that, that a, a crocodile talked to both of us. And if either of your parents had been uh, slightly more gullible, that could have been a case that we ended up discussing on This Paranormal Life. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a real story. <laughs> <laughs> because all it takes is one adult to believe the nonsense. <laughs> all it takes is one crocodile telling you to shit in a Pepsi can <laughs> for it to be an official paranormal investigation. Wow, that's that's bizarre. You know, I can't say um, I can't say I believe this kid, but um, it seems like maybe something happened to him. Whether or not he just bumped into a homeless woman in the woods <laughs> for a while, it does sound a bit like. A crazy old lady tried to steal him and he ran away. More plausible, yeah. So we've reached the end of our investigation. If you will, we are the bloodhounds and the, the trail has gone cold and we are left with um, the difficult decision of call off the hunt mm. or say this one's truly paranormal. Rory, what do you think from what we've discussed today? Uh, There's a lot to get through. It's so many different cases with so many different possible explanations behind them. Um, I... I don't know about this reappearance that we mm -hmm. kind of threw in at the end there. Um, when, when I when you said that the kid disappeared when he was three years old, I thought you were going to say then... He came back? He came back as a man. Like, Jumanji style, bearded. Yeah, like like a year later, <laughs> someone was like, I was the boy, you know, or something like that. Uh, but no, this is kind of just like a kid who went missing for, for five hours. <laughs> it's a difficult case because for it to be paranormal, truly paranormal, we need their to almost be no evidence left behind. Yeah. If there's evidence left behind, then we know it's like a bear or they fell down a cliffside or got lost in a cave. But then yep. the problem with that is no evidence makes it also quite hard to prove that something paranormal did happen. It's kind of a conundrum. We're in a bit of like a catch-22 here. And it, this is where the paranormal butts up against the scientific because the, science says you can't have like a positive hypothesis that just because... Just because something may be possible means that we're going to accept that it's true. No, you have to prove things in science. And people talk a lot about the burden of proof. Paranormal people like to say, well, there's no reason to say they didn't fall into a portal, so I'm going to believe that. And science says, no, no, no. The default should be a, a bear took these people. Right, yeah. We shouldn't assume that the paranormal <laughs> happened. But it's, you know, there's an argument there. Uh, you know, because we've seen it in this paranormal life before. Sometimes the scientific explanation doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're kind of s screwed either way, really. So we do have to decide whether this is a, a yes or a no, paranormal or not, Roy. What do you say today? I would have loved a case where someone had come forward with a bit more of a personal experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that's contradictory to these types of disappearances because they happen when no one else can see them. Um, but yeah, someone who witnessed someone disappearing or almost disappeared themselves. The closest we've got is that child being snatched by a demon on a cliffside. But I mean, even that is, what did you say that was? 1930s? 1938. Yeah. That's pretty dated. If that's going to be your piece of evidence that turns every disappearance that's happened in this, these cave systems to be paranormal. I think it's going to be a no from me this week. Rats. Unfortunately. You're quite right, Rory. This is uh, trying to find the paranormal explanation here is a little bit like trying to find proof of an afterlife. There's a 
there's an event horizon, a veil. Yeah. Uh, once someone disappears, we're never getting that evidence. We're never getting the story of what truly happened there. Just like after someone dies, we'll never know what happens to them after that. Like uh, we, th- that, uh, the map you showed is great. You know, the links up between like the cave systems and disappearances and deaths. But then also caves and cliff sides are the most dangerous places where people go wander. Sure. So for the deaths to be higher. Ah, you got me. It's a double no. God damn it, folks. It's like, did you know volcanoes are paranormal? There's a higher (laughs) death rate around people skydiving into volcanoes. Look at this map of disappearances versus gun ownership. (laughs) You know, a little disappointing maybe for some. Got to thank those people I mentioned at the top of the episode again for sending that one in. Uh, Really enjoyed that. Really cool story. Um, And I'm sure a story that will continue to develop. I'm sure, sadly, we'll probably continue to hear crazy, unlikely disappearances in future. So before I forget, thank you so much to Kami Toman for editing this episode and for Amy Grisdale for doing some fantastic research uh, on national park disappearances. So I think we're about a week on-ish from, or two, from when we launched our merch store. Yay! Wow, that was exciting. What a week we had. Um, It was awesome to see uh, so much interest in the store. So many people digging the designs. Um, and making orders it kind of went uh, nuts and um, we're so appreciative and really hope that as you're kind of receiving those shirts now that you love them so if you do please sh- share a photo with us let us know send it to email or social media we'd love that yeah there's a ton of cool designs over there we got the chompy shirt we got the this paranormal life logo in the double triangle we ship globally all over the world we got and a officially store in the uk and europe and we got another store in uh the americas all over the place so you are sorted no matter where you live we are as of today accepting um scam coin as a currency online so absolutely you can also pay in scam no, 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 coin because that is appreciating Receive asset as evidenced by your your uh chat earlier um yeah so check it out at www.thispranimallife.com forward slash store the link is in the description of this podcast so just swipe up or uh check it out whatever way you can um of course naturally always the best way to support this paranormal life as a show is patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life if you've caught up with all this paranormal life episodes uh, or maybe you haven't and you just fancy some kind of wild card episodes that are yeah. a little different a little secret sauce we have 40 plus bonus episodes full length over on patreon that you can unlock for just five dollars um, or one million scam coins that's, sure that, that's the fine. current exchange rate sure. okay <laughs> The scam coin currency is plummeting. So a dollar is roughly equal to 200,000 scam this, coins. This is post-war so. Germany. We're, we're carrying around <laughs> wheelbarrows of scam coins just to buy a loaf of bread at this point. <laughs> I, I need a terabyte hard drive to store $5 worth of scam coins. But of course, you know, there is a merch store. There is Patreon. But um, if you love the show and you'd like to support us um, and just don't want to do it financially at the moment, that is very cool. There's other ways. Please just uh, leave us a, a little review in your podcast app of choice, somewhere like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Um, and make sure that if you are listening to the show and you're enjoying it, just to hit follow, hit subscribe. Um, that really helps us enormously in kind of climbing the ranks and letting other people discover the show. Yeah, for the cost of zero pounds, zero scam coins, you can tell your family, tell your friends, write a review, follow put up posters around your town, break into people's houses, log into their Apple accounts, download the podcast. 
Um, if you could design some kind of computer virus that would actually rig, well, I don't want to use that word. Don't want to use the R word, yeah, but that's not a good or one. rig, let's just say it, uh, the podcast charts in our favor. That'd be, sure. that'd be fantastic. Be if I love you, that. If you could pay uh, uh, people from other countries who um, work in these huge companies to just download it by the thousands mm-hmm. every day, that would be fantastic. If you run a, well. a Chinese uh, server farm or smartphone farm, uh, to instead of mining cryptocurrencies such as Scamcoin to mine downloads of our podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's a great example. If you want to anonymous style uh, take down governments across the world, but just uh, upload the podcast logo on all of their websites, that that's great. If you want to hack the Times Square digital billboards. Oh my God, that would be great. With a yeah. QR code to buy Scamcoin. <laughs> that's right, we made it. This is a big plug. <laughs> Yeah, the cat's out of the bag. It's our currency. <laughs> I'm the holder. I got a flight to Cuba in three I'm hours. I'm Satoshi. I'm Satoshi himself. How could we make it? We own it and we're still losing money. Good Lord. <laughs> I bought a flight to Cuba. Someone scammed me out of it. No, that guy's taking all the credit. That's it. All the links to any way that you can further interact with us, with the community, which is incredible. All the links to... Um, all things this paranormal life are in the description of this podcast check it out we will of course be back next tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale and we will see you then bye bye